welcome to today's Inside Energy and Utilities um, podcast. Um, today is your five minute roundup and I'll be talking about the um, stories that grabbed my eye uh, this uh, week. It's not comprehensive, but these are some of the stories that stood out. So the first one is SSE who published their green recovery plan and sent it to the Prime Minister, the Treasury and Bays. And um, SSE has urged government to use robust carbon pricing to decarbonize the power sector by 2040 and bring forward the ban uh, on sales of new petrol and diesel cars in advance to 2030. Very interesting um, uh, developments there, very uh, ambitious plans, uh, moving uh, the 2050 goal to 2040 and, and the uh, ban of petrol and diesel cars uh, forward to 2030. Very ambitious. It has to be put in the context that um, obviously SSE has completely exited domestic supply. They obviously sold their business off to OVO um, late last year, I believe. And their main focus now is on renewable generation, transmission and distribution. And so they're very much a renewables focused uh, um, uh, company. Um, nonetheless, it, it's very, um, uh, very ambitious uh, and, and, and welcome. And uh, they've sent the green recovery plan to, uh, as mentioned, the PM Treasury and Base, and it calls for uh, 40 gigawatt of offshore wind by 2030, um, off gym to allow bigger spending to enable net zero in the next transmission price control, off gym to allow distribution network spending to factor in local area energy plants in the next price control build out and optimize connections to Europe, which is an interesting uh, proposition, a major hydrogen and carbon capture and storage infrastructure push and deploying more EV infrastructure, bringing forward investment in heat networks and provide interest-free low carbon heat loans uh, for homes and businesses. Uh, it's a very interesting um, report, a very interesting uh, read. I'll share the link on where you can uh, read that. The other story is, Quite a big uh, contentious story, which is the publication of the um, Environmental Programme Supply Performance Report by Ofgem. Interestingly, it noted, um, uh, if you look, the um, highest uh, scoring for non-compliance, so not, not good to score high in this case, was good energy. Um, who, uh, who are top of the, uh, the table, which is, which is not, uh, not good. Now, um, in response to the uh, report, Good Energy have very strongly rebuffed uh, the report. Um, they make um, three main points in, in their argument. There's a fourth one, which uh, I think is, is, is slightly um, weaker, but the, the sort of first three sort of pillar is um, that the report is not adjusted for customer numbers. So it states that Good Energy has one of the largest feed-in tariff customer bases of all suppliers, with over 150,000. But 15 errors among 15 customers is scored the same as uh, 15 errors in 150,000. Uh, so they're saying that it's therefore not an accurate reflection. They're also saying that the method of scoring currently incentivizes bad behavior. So it states a supplier which has uh, high standards and looks to report mistakes in the data it holds, as Good Energy does, will receive higher marks for non-compliers than that those that don't bother. So uh, essentially, if you uh, report any non-compliance rather than, than not reporting it, you, you obviously get, get penalized. This is their, um, their argument. And, and then their third point is um, there is no proportionality. 
all incidents uh, are scored according to their se severity. However, however, Ofgem has given the same scores to minor administrative errors on the one hand, and on the other hand, missed payments totaling hundreds of thousands of pounds for which the customer could end up paying. So it's it's very interesting to um, see uh, good energies, uh, well, firstly, to see good energy at the top of the table, and, and secondly, to see good energies um, responses to this. Um, so it's going to be very interesting to um, see. I think um, Good Energy ends the um, report saying, we will be contacting Offjump to demand they change uh, this uh, misleading approach, which risks the reputation of a company that was created 20 years ago to tackle climate change and has done more to support renewables than any other. So it's going to be very interesting to see um, how this, uh, this story um, develops. Um, but yeah, very uh, disappointing to obviously see Good Energy at the top there. Um, the other um, one news story that grabbed my, my eye is that Europe enjoys record 60 billion EV investment surge ahead of stricter car uh, CO2 rules. And uh, this really is uh, something which is sort of close to my heart, the uh, sort of um, bill um, growth of the um, EV market. And basically it states that Europe has overtaken China for government and industry investment in electric cars and batteries uh, last year, um, the analysis of uh, this report um, suggests, and this was by Business Green. Um, and what is interesting is that it's um, of the 60 billion uh, worth of investment, 40 billion went to Germany. Uh, and, and a lot of that investment coming mainly from the VW or Volkswagen group. Uh, as well as the uh, EV giant Tesla, which has uh, uh, plans to build a gigafactory in Berlin. So uh, what, what is interesting um, there for me is the focus of VW, which is a massive uh, uh, um, car manufacturer, if, if not the largest. Um, it is absolutely huge and, and, and their focus on EVs. Um, those in, you know, in the industry know that the EV market uh, is uh, rapidly gaining pace and, and this is sort of very encouraging to know that it's happening on, on Euro, uh, European wide level. For me, the big thing is that um, big investment coming from VW. So again, very interesting to see the development on the EV space in the next few years. And finally, a story that I posted on, on LinkedIn, uh, which was posted a while ago, uh, just before, well, six days ago, um, stating that renewable energy may be switched off as demand uh, plummets. So this um, got um, quite a bit of engagement where um, National Grids uh, stated that due to COVID-19 lockdown measures uh, and warm weather, um, the bank holiday might mean that um, the consumption of uh, energy will drop significantly and therefore there will be over generation and so they're looking to um, switch off renewable energy sources it was pointed out that um, that makes sense because it's uh, a lot easier to switch off renewable generation than it is to uh, to switch off fossil fuels um, and um, it, it grabbed uh, a lot of um, interest the other interesting point here is that um, Obviously, uh, one would assume that blackouts only happen because of undergeneration, but they too happen because of overgeneration or, or oversupply, if you like. And, and so all of that needs to be balanced and it's a finely balanced uh, uh, job by, um, by National Grid. Um, 
I think Roy Sinquin is quoted, uh, the head of the National Grid's control room, said the assumption will be that lower demand makes it easier for us to do a job with less power needed overall and therefore less stress on the system. In fact, as system operator, it is just as important for us to manage lower demand for electricity as it is to manage the peaks. So electricity demand fell to record lows of 15.2 gigawatts over the Easter weekend, uh, well below National Grid's forecast lows of 17.6 gigawatts for this summer. So um, this shows you the impact of um, uh, COVID-19 and, and, and the lockdown measures and uh, how um, the uh, grid is balancing for uh, over-generation at this point in time. So these are the uh, few stories that grab my, uh, my interest uh, over the uh, last week or so. Um, so I hope they were interest, uh, interesting. If there's anything that I missed, please uh, please get in touch. LinkedIn probably is the best way.